Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. <sighs> How is everyone doing? It is that time of year when I truly don't know what day it is, what time it is, who I am, where I am. I don't know what's going on. All the days are kind of meshing together. Like For me, it's like after Thanksgiving, it's one long day. Like I... Because it's so chaotic. The work week is different, obviously, because like holidays, so you have time off and then it's just a lot. And then, of course, you know, you think you have all this time to get people gifts for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate and (laughs) you think you have all this time and you have you don't have any of that. So I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Mine was very low key. I went to my mom's and um, my dad was there and we had a roast. And um, I made these really good chorizo stuffed dates wrapped in bacon, (laughs) wrapped in bacon. So delicious. And then I made this like grain-free pumpkin loaf, which I've made since now. I've made it twice. Um, And this is not an ad. This is just me plugging one of my favorite websites to get recipes from. It's called The Defined Dish. Her recipes are honestly amazing. I've made so many and they're, they're fairly easy, you know, but they also include ingredients that I just like, I would have never thought of putting together. I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge cook, but when I do, I, I really like to get into it. So since things have been kind of hectic with Thanksgiving and Bravo hasn't really aired any new episodes, there was no Vanderpump this past week. There's no Salt Lake City. 
And frankly, I have to be completely honest. I haven't really been paying attention to any news. I've been kind of like trying to stay off my phone a little bit. Kind of, I hate the term unplug. I hate when people say that. (laughs) It's just the worst. When people are like, I'm unplugging. Like, shut the fuck up. I saw an Instagram story actually yesterday of this girl. And she was like, turning our phones off for an hour while we go get our Christmas tree. It's like, why are you sharing that with us? Like, I, no one gives a fuck, Susan, if your fucking phone is off for an hour. It's like, just leave, leave everyone alone. I don't know. I felt honestly like I kind of needed that break. Like every once in a while, it's nice to kind of step away from Bravo, step away from like the TMZ alerts, the page six alerts. Like, it's nice. You know, I woke up this morning to the fact that Lindsay Lohan got engaged over the weekend. And I think that that's so exciting. I'm very happy for her. Mazel. That's pretty much all I know. I mean, like, how many more times can I really repeat the fact that, like, Ben Affleck and J-Lo are together or Kim and Peter are together? Like, I, I'm i just not... I'm just... That episode is not the episode for this week. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not what I'm doing. I just wanted to kind of do something different, kind of more of, like, a question and answer style episode. I asked people on my Instagram to ask me questions so I could answer them for the podcast. So let's just get right into it. Someone asked me how I'm doing, and I just think that that's a great way to start. I'm good. I'm not doing bad, but I'm also not like thriving, you know? Like, I'm just kind of in this constant state of like just chill, good vibes. It sounds kind of lame, but when you find that good, even state of mind where it's at a high or a low, you just kind of like are going with it. And that's just what I'm doing right now. Like I said, I'm not doing bad, but I'm also, I'm not like, you know, like going to shop from your tops. I'm living my best life because to be honest, I ate three pieces of that pumpkin loaf this morning for breakfast. Like I, you know, it is what it is. Ruby peed on the floor. It's, it's, we're not living an ideal world over here. But it's also not bad. Like out over the summer, I've talked about it. Over the summer was like a really, really rough time for me. I it was very bizarre because I was like starting this brand new job, which I'm so happy about. And it's like been a complete dream to talk and do this every single day. But then also I was like going through a breakup and I had like randomly decided that it would be a good idea to stop taking Zoloft for some reason, like just go cold turkey. And now I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you guys don't fucking do it. It will fuck you up. It fucked me up so bad. I like, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, oh my God, I was, I was in the state of mind where I was feeling good. And then then it took a turn. It took a real sharp turn. It was rough. It was rough. But I got back on, you know, listen, I just think everyone should do what works for them. And for me, Zoloft has helped me tremendously with, you know, serotonin levels, et cetera, et cetera. Why did Winterhouse leave out the Kyle and Gabby storyline that we saw in the trailer? Now, I'm not 100% sure, but this is what I'm guessing happened. One, Gabby wasn't interesting at all. Like even in her confessionals, she was like, yeah, I just like basically stayed in my room on Austin and Craig's like weird uh, Zoom show that they do where they watch where I I can't lie. I enjoy it. (laughs) It was three hours long, but I enjoyed every moment of it. They were like, yeah, like she didn't come down and like hang out with us. Like when the night would get like when it would get late, she just kind of went to bed and it's like, okay. 
I just think she's just one of those people that should not be on reality television. Kind of like Kim Fields on uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, that's a deep cut, but it's true. Also, it's like we know Kyle and Amanda get married. So it's not like this drama was really going to even go anywhere. Like there was other interesting things going on in the house, like with Sierra and Austin, this foreshadowing of Paige and Craig. Like there was just other aspects of the show. And I just, I mean, it's not that interesting. It's kind of like for me personally, when Tom and Katie from Vanderpump Rules were getting married, they had this like thing where they were like, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? It's like, we know that they got married. Like, so what are what exactly are we doing right now? <laughs> I don't know. What Bravo moment makes you the most sad and you wish they wouldn't have shown it? Rarely do I think that they shouldn't show certain things. Like, I remember when Vicky's mom died. That was probably one of the most devastating things on Bravo. But I don't think it's one of those situations where they shouldn't have shown it. I think it was just the reality of the situation. Now... The first thing that comes to mind is what we just saw recently on Salt Lake City with Jen's two sons. I don't think that that needed to be shown. I don't think we needed to watch her two sons being walked out of her house surrounded by armed officers. It made me so fucking sad. It made me angry that someone turned over that footage to Bravo or I I don't know. I just didn't think that that was necessary at all, especially given like the current climate right now. Like that, I don't know. It just like, remember in Orange County when Lynn Curtin's daughters were shown on camera getting that eviction notice and it like fucked them up. Lynn Curtin was like, that was the most devastating thing that had ever happened to my kids. Like, I'm just like, this is a thousand times worse. (laughs) Like those boys were walking out with no shoes on in the snow, surrounded by like, you know, Homeland Security. It it just didn't need to be shown. I It made me really upset. And then it made me think like people were saying Sharif was the one that called Jen. And I don't think he would have done that. If he would have known that this was going on, I would hope that there would be a way where he could just get his kids out of the house before this happened. If he knew that it was coming, I don't know. I, I don't know. If you had to get rid of one Housewife franchise and could never rewatch, which one did you choose? This is the easiest question I've ever been asked in my entire life. Dallas. Goodbye. Good riddance. Now, it was a great show for the first like two or three seasons, but it fell off pretty quickly for me. It's not even a Housewives franchise that I ever want to like rewatch. If I'm ever in the mood to like rewatch a seat like a city, I'm never like, oh. Let me throw on season two of Dallas. Like that's just never something I'm down with. I really don't enjoy Brandy. I I find Stephanie to be, I don't know. I just, Cameron, the whole Leon Locken thing. I just like, it's a no for me. Agreed slash disagree that Nicki Minaj would be a great housewife. Uh, disagree because I don't want her on Housewives, but I do think that Nikki is a great TV personality. I think she obviously, I mean, she's an entertainer. Like that's literally her job, but I don't want her on Housewives at all. That would just be a no for me. I, you know, I did think, wow, I really didn't want her to host um, her part on the Real House of Potomac reunion, but I, I enjoyed it for the moment that, you know, she was on. Do you talk to any housewives on a regular basis? Have you developed any real friendships with them? 
I talk to some really randomly on Instagram, like I'll DM with Margaret Josephs occasionally, Madison LaCroix from Southern Charm, Paige from, well, now she's on like three shows, uh, Summer House, <laughs> like Melissa Gorga. And I will occasionally like, you know, she'll respond to a DM about like how I don't know <laughs> how to decorate my house and stuff. Like it's very, it's very basic. It's not, it's not like friendships. Um, but I didn't start my Instagram account to like befriend any of them. I like keeping kind of a distance from most of them, like, because I just love watching them and I don't want to become really biased or have my account basically just become like a fan account for certain housewives. That's really not why I did this. I didn't, I, because personally they make me nervous. Like I get really, really nervous when I have to talk to them on the podcast I also never want them to feel like I'm trying to gotcha them if they're on the podcast. Like I never want them to feel like I'm trying to put them on the spot. I, you know, I want to like respect, you know, their boundaries. Like I know with Tamara, like don't ask her about Alexis Bellino because there, there was like a lawsuit or something going on with Alexis and, or Jim and Tamara. Like there's just certain things. And it's like, I just, I just want to make sure I respect that. But I do know that there are certain housewives who are really, really into social media, who are very into interacting with Bravo accounts. And some of them mainly do that so that you become enamored with them and then you want to post positively about them. And it kind of like shifts the narrative for them. I know Monique Samuels was like this with a lot of fan accounts. Lisa Rinna, Kyle Richards is really into fan accounts. And that's great. I think I think it's really nice actually when housewives like, interact. I just think sometimes accounts need to not like get so like wrapped up in that and stick to sharing their opinions and their thoughts and you know. And also I'm just like so fucking sus of everyone because I'm a Scorpio that I <laughs> I'm just like what is the motive here? Rank the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip women so far. So, so far, there have been five episodes. And right now, number one is Kenya Moore. Number two is Luann. Three, Kyle. Four, Teresa. Five, Cynthia. Six, Melissa. And seven, Ramona. Now, I'm going to explain these really quickly. Kenya Moore, like I say in this podcast every week, Team Troll Forever. I think she's showing that there's different sides to her. Not just this, like, you know, villainous side that people have seen on uh, Real Houses of Atlanta. But people I saw over the weekend were very, very upset with the arm grab that Kenya, you know, she grabbed Ramona's arm because Ramona said, fuck you to her. And I never condone violence. I don't think that grabbing someone's arm like that is necessarily like physical assault. I mean, I am I crazy? I don't know. It just didn't... I don't know. And like, I think too, this is very different because I... I mean, we've seen Ramona do microaggression after microaggression towards Kenya throughout the trip, like called her a bitch the first time she met her, kept calling her Portia, knowing that they don't get along, is very dismissive of Kenya. Like when Kenya tries to like order food, Ramona just chimes in and like, she's just a fucking nasty person. <laughs> Sorry. That if Kenya grabbed her arm, I was like, all right. Luann is amazing to me. Luann is like so fun, so level-headed, but like in the drama a little bit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm enjoying watching her. My third, I kind of tie Kyle and Teresa together in this. 
Kyle's been giving me like some funny little confessional moments. Teresa, I just think is really kind of blowing me away. I have to be completely honest. I now have like such a soft spot for Teresa and I did before, I guess a little, but when you're in the New Jersey like world, you get kind of wrapped up in the dynamics and who you favor and whatever. But so seeing Teresa by herself, I know she has Melissa there, but you know, um, it's nice. Like it's nice to see her kind of chill, take her walls down a little bit, talk about going to jail with Cynthia, like standing up for Kenya to Ramona. Like I like all of that. And I really, really, really love this Teresa Kenya friendship that like we're seeing evolve because Teresa is very black and white. Like she's very like, you know, mobster mentality. Like, and I like that she keeps joking about that. She seems to have a really good sense of humor. I don't know. I'm kind of falling in love with her. I can't help it. Um, Cynthia is giving the drama. Like Cynthia is giving shade. She's giving drama. She's giving, she's really not on anybody's side except for her own. And I respect that. Melissa is just kind of there. She's just having a good time. So, you know, she's like pretty standard. Now, obviously the last one is Ramona because I just think Ramona is a monster. Um, Do I find her to be entertaining at times? Absolutely. Of course. I'm a human being. I'm a Bravo fan. Uh, Speaking of Ramona Singer, my question that I got asked was, what should Bravo do with Ramona Singer and where is the line? (sighs) This is a tough one because I really don't know. Bravo at the end of the day is a business and Ramona gets people to tune in whether you like her or you hate her. People watch her. She's been on TV for 14 (laughs) for 14 years, which is fucking crazy Now, my personal opinion is that her time is coming to an end. I can't imagine her going quietly, but I also feel like, would they give her like a send off? Would she be, would she want a send off? I I don't know. I just feel like the time is coming. Um, I know she just bought a home in Florida. So maybe she'll like kind of part ways because I think New York City mainly films during the fall and the winter months. And it's like, isn't that like when people go to Florida is during winter. So it's like, maybe it's a scheduling conflict, hopefully. I don't know. I just, I don't find the antics to be as funny anymore or like, it's just, I'm just kind of tapping out with her, honestly, especially like with the rumors, well, not really rumors. They're kind of been proven to be true about her saying pretty racist remarks about Ebony and having a black cast member and Heather Thompson just talked to page six, which I mean, I have opinions on that, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I'm just ready to kind of move on. I would like to see on Roni, Luann and Sonia and Dorinda. I would love for Dorinda to return. I think she's had a nice breather. She would like, she said in the podcast when she came on that she was put on pause. Andy would, I think would love to have her back, but I would really, really want to see like women in their late forties, early fifties. I mean, shit, even late fifties. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I just want wealthy women who are down to clown, have martinis, you know, go to, the Regency, like I want New York City to open back up. I'm not even going to discuss the new variant that's being thrown around. And no, I'm just, we're, I'm tuning that out right now. I can't take that on. I really cannot take that on. Uh, but I just feel like that would be like a good group. Like I want more of like their friends. I think Leah and Ebony have to go. Hopefully production gets our shit together. Are Austin and Sierra still together? I don't think so. <laughs> From what I've seen, I don't think they're still together. I think that I think Sierra was like in love with him. And I'm like, 
whoa, with Austin Kroll. In love with Austin Kroll. That is, I don't know. I think he does it because I think when he likes a girl, I, I've been rewatching Southern Charm. So I've, I've kind of like, this is fresh in my mind. Like when he is like dating a girl, he's like obsessed with them. But I don't know how genuine it is. I think he likes being in love. And I think he likes when people are in love with him. So I don't think he fully recognizes that what his actions really say to the women that he's with. Like, it's like, I think a lot of men do this. It's like, you don't kiss a girl on the forehead if you're not like in love with her, right? Like, I know that sounds fucking lame, but it's like that sends the signal to me that like, oh, like you're actually into me. Like you're doing cute things with me or, you know, we're going on double dates. Like you, we just sleep in the same bed together. Like to me, it screams that you, that he like, I think he likes her, but I don't think that they'll ever be together. He's like a commitment phobe, clearly. We've seen him go in and out of relationships, and clearly he's the common denominator in these uh, relationships failing. So let's just process that. Also, it really pissed me off this last season of Winter House. You know, it I called it the Kroller Coaster, the Austin Kroller Coaster, because every episode I was into him, and then I hated him, and then I was like, "Oh, him and Sierra are cute together." He's like picking her up down the mountain, like it was a whole thing. Okay, that last episode was so disgusting. The way he yelled at Amanda Batula, my Batula hoop, is so upsetting. Like when he was telling her to go fuck herself and like go fuck off, I was like, what is your fucking problem? First of all, you're wearing an earring that says baby girl and a pink tutu. Please shut your fucking mouth. Like you look embarrassing. Also, it's Amanda who's like has a heart of gold, heart of fucking gold. And Kyle should have lost his mind on him. Um, I was shocked he didn't. I think Kyle, I think Kyle was like, dude, you're 6'5. Like, I can yell at you, but I'm not, we're not getting into that. He was probably like, oh, like, I'm a tiny tot compared to Austin Kroll. So that really pissed me off. And then when he said to Kyle that he's like, yeah, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm just not ready. But then to Sierra, he was like kissing her and like being all cute. And then in the morning was like, but I don't want to do this. I was like, what are we doing right now? It was crazy, 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 crazy. Are Carl and Lindsay dating? Oh my God. I need to know this too. I stalk their social medias every single day for clues. And it's like they hung out so much when they were not dating. I mean, I don't know if they're dating, but let's just say they are because I think that they are. They would hang out all the time. But there's something just like about them doing that coupley Halloween costume. And then like, they had Thanksgiving together. His mom and her husband were there with them. Like they got Christmas trees. They went to hockey games. Like I just think they're dating. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in Summer House. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. What Bravo celebrity has slid into your DMs with hate? Not exactly hate. 
Kelly Dodd is a whole different story. We will get into that because someone did ask me what the backstory um, is that happened, <laughs> that happened with me and Kelly Dodd. So it was last year during the Southern Charm like reunion when Austin and Craig were being absolute demonic monsters to Madison. And Austin was like joking and making fun of her the fact that she just cuts hair. And that sent me into like such a rage. I was like tweeting. <laughs> I was like... So Austin has this like shitty beer company that he can't seem to get off the ground, but you're going to like shame Madison who like works her ass off and has her own salon and like actually does has a job and like has a passion. Like it just didn't, it just like didn't seem right to me. I didn't tag him. I don't even think I used the Southern charm hashtag. Like I was just tweeting up a storm per usual and he like responded and I was like, dude, no, no, no. Like, this is... Please, please stop. Because it's like, are you searching for yourself on Twitter? Is that what you're doing? Do you have alerts? And then he Instagram DM'd me that same night about the situation. Because I was like, you're being like really misogynistic towards Madison. Like, it's very weird. And yeah, so he Instagram DM'd me and it was just like a very bizarre night. <sighs> so that's... So that's that story. And then my, the backstory of what happened with me and Kelly Dad. Okay. So last year... Kelly Dodd had posted a like video of, and this was like COVID, like in, I think in Orange County, like things were still shut down, like restaurants and everything. But of course, Kelly Dodd and a group of people, including Gina from Orange, Orange County and Emily Simpson from Orange County were all at this like party. And there was a woman in the background flashing like a white power symbol. So I just like screenshotted it or I think I like, yeah, I screenshot, I screen recorded the video. And I just posted it on Twitter. Like, and I forget sometimes, like, genuinely, like, the reach that social media has. Like, I forget that, like, n- people even read what I tweet. I just sometimes just tweet, which is a problem. I understand. <laughs> and that's same with Instagram. Like, I forget that, like, 50,000 people watch my Instagram stories. Like, I forget these things. And then I'm like, oh, okay, got it. So, anyway, so I posted this. You know, it got whatever. The next day, like I had completely forgotten about this because real life and social media don't happen at the same pace. Like social media is like, I always say this when people are like having a hard time on social is like one day on social media is literally like a week in real life. Like by the next day, no one gives a fuck what happened to you yesterday. Like, trust me. Trust me. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of hate on Twitter before. Anyways. So Kelly Dodd somehow, I mean, I'm not going to say somehow, like she's on social media too. She found the video that I posted and lost her fucking mind, lost her mind, was tweeting at me, getting like her crazy racist followers to tweet at me. She then attempted to dox me. So if you don't know what doxing is, it's like when someone posts like your personal information, like either like a phone number, your place of work, like something like that to her massive following. But she posted the wrong Samantha Bush. <laughs> she didn't post me. She posted another girl with the same name. It's spelled differently. At the, like Bush is spelled differently. Posted like the, her LinkedIn profile and tagged this girl's employer. I'm like, you are so unwell. It is fucking insane. Like Kelly Dodd is the kind of person that like thrives off of negativity and like thrives off of the hatred. So then she went on her Instagram story and was like, doc, you know, saying like what my personal Instagram was, which I get is all like public information, but this woman has like a ton of followers. It was just, 
very, very overwhelming because like I was getting so many DMs from like crazy Karens being like, this is America, bitch. Like it was, it was crazy. It was literally, it was the worst week of my life. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Okay. The biggest letdown of Winterhouse, honestly, the biggest letdown for me was that I just wish it was longer or that they just like went straight into the new summer house season. I feel like that would be so iconic, like to see them like leave and then like imagine like the cars like pulling up in the driveway at summer house. Like I just feel like that would be so cool. But I did like the end where it was like coming up on summer house and it was like Craig and Paige like making on the elevator. I'm so fucking excited. I love summer house. I have a friend who's not into reality television like at all. She's gotten on the summer house train and I'm like, buckle up, baby girl. She's like, oh my God, Carl has a yellow tooth. I'm like, Carl gets so hot. Stop it. (laughs) Do not talk about him like that. Do you think housewives have to be drunk or can we have sober housewives? The only thing is, is I think housewives have to have chemistry with one another. So if that means you're sober, drunk, I don't care. They're like with Roni, for example, you know, we had Leah who was sober. We had Luann who was sober. I just think that that's fine. The The chemistry has to be there within the group. I remember Dorinda was telling me on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you guys should go listen to that if you haven't. She was amazing, exactly how you imagine her to be. She was pretty much like the, you know, we all bonded like when the cameras went down because we would stay up together. Like we would continue the night. We didn't all just go to bed. Like you really kind of let your walls down and you get to bond And she's like, I don't think the girls on Real Housewives of New York did that this past year, you know? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I just think it's important to have like a natural bond or chemistry within the group. It doesn't matter if you're sober or not. Thoughts on Kenya saying the car smelled like poop. Um, (laughs) Okay. So on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, there's a scene where Kenya Moore gets into one of the cars because they're going on like an excursion. Kenya was like, why does it smell like poop in here? It smells like she keeps saying it. She's like, it smells like poop. Why does this car smell like poop? And then the cameras flash to Ramona. The shady editing, I swear to God. I don't know why the car smelled like poop. Unclear, but it's it really made me laugh. What city would be a great addition to Real Housewives? I think right now we have like a great number of housewives, but if they were to add another one, I think a great Midwestern franchise would be good because we don't have one. Now I'm not talking about Nashville. I'm not talking about St. Louis. I'm talking about mid-fucking-West, okay? So Pet Shop Boy on Instagram and I have actually discussed this before where we think a great franchise would take place in Gross Point, Michigan. It's like 20, 30 minutes outside of Detroit. It's like old money. Like if you guys want to look at some old money homes, go to Zillow and type in Gross Point. Now there's five of them. There's five Gross Points. So there's Gross Point, Gross Point Park, Gross Point Farms, Gross Point Woods, Gross Point Shores. And it's like right on the, like you drive up Jefferson and it's right on the river and it's like beautiful. And I mean, the homes are like, it's unreal. Like they don't make homes like this anymore. It's crazy. And it's so beautiful. And I just feel like old money energy would be amazing. Like if we had some old money and then we had some new money girls, like, oh, it would be so good. Also Midwest energy. What is the juiciest moment on Bravo? Oh my God. So many. So the, one of the first things that came to mind, oh my God, this was so good. Reals of the Tomek season four. When that black screen popped up and it said, 
unseen production footage. And then it was the audio of Michael Darby on talking to one of the cameramen who pressed charges against him for allegedly grabbing his butt in Monique's basement. I can't fucking tell you that sent like shivered on my spine. I was shaking. I could not believe my eyes, my ears. I was like, oh my God. And it was just like a black screen with like the white subtitles of like what they were saying. And it was so good. Okay. Another moment. Obviously, Jen Shaw's arrest is so juicy. Um, Tom making out with someone at the Regency was really iconic at the, at the moment. I just, I mean, like to get engaged and to have your fiance make out with some woman at the bar <laughs> like two days before your engagement party and to still go through with it. Only Luann. Only Luann. This is a really underrated moment, in my opinion, because it was the franchise that only lasted one season. And it's obviously Real Houses of DC. When Mikhail Salahi and Tarek crashed the White House, I don't remember what the occasion was, but they crashed the White House. And then like we got to watch it unfold, like when they had to testify before Congress and they just kept pleading the fifth. Oh my God. It was like, it was so ahead of its time, this show. It was, God, it was so good. Overrated housewives and underrated ones. Oddly, I think Luann is deeply, deeply underrated. Like when you think of iconic housewives, you think Bethany, Nini, Lisa Vanderpump, Vicky Gumbelson, like you think OGs like that. I think of Luann Dallas Epps. Like when you think about like her story arc on just the, the show in general, it's seriously unreal. I think she's de- really, really underrated. I think Ashley Darby is underrated on Potomac. I think. I think now she's getting her due as a uh, Tamara judge. I think there was a moment like where she was a little bit underrated or kind of like looked at like, like she stirred the pot too much, but now it's like, obviously like she was needed and overrated. Oh, this is going to be controversial. I think Heather Gay is overrated. I like her. Like I do, but I think she's really overrated on Salt Lake City. That's just my truth. That is my truth. She knew that she was fan favorite last year. And I think she came in thinking, that a little bit. And I don't know. It's just not, she's not my favorite. I'll just say that, but she's not my least favorite on Salt Lake City. What is the silliest housewife beef? Truthfully, anything Giselle and Karen talk about is so hilarious to me, but my favorite silliest housewife beef is the Kenya Sheree house feud. I think that that is one of the funniest, most ridiculous housewives fights of all time when they would fight Chateau Sheree versus more Manor. And it was like the race, the construction race of like, who's going to get their house done? Who has roaches? Like who, who's living in a ditch? Like it was so fucking funny. I, Oh my God. It like brings me so much joy. Even talking about it. I, I can't stop. Thoughts on Vanderpump rules. Okay. Where to begin? It makes me so fucking sad what the show has become because it was like the Bravo show for so long. Like it was so good. It was fun to talk about. There were so so many dynamics. There was so much like going on with the show. And now it's like just a shell of what it once was. I hate, hate the theme parties. I hate the costumes. When you have to start to rely on shticks. And like tropes like that, like it's time to put the show out to pasture. I think it, it's just not good. It's not good. And I think 
they weren't expecting to fire half the OGs at any time, I don't think. So they never really prepared the show to like transition into like getting to know other, you know, cat or other servers and stuff that work at Pump or Sir. They were relying solely on this OG group. And it's like, now I'm supposed to care about Raquel. I'm supposed to care about like these people that I have. I'm not invested in them. I'm not invested in their story. I haven't been watching them for 10 years. It's like, I don't know. I just don't enjoy it. I And it makes me really, really sad because I really, really loved Vanderpump so much. If you could watch one Bravo show for the rest of your life, what would it be? I would watch Real Houses of New York. I think, okay, they had one bad season out of 13. I'm not ready to write it off. I'm not ready to like, you know, like Vanderpump Rules, like put it into the pasture. Just needs a little, it needs a little spice. It needs a little spark. It needs a little something. It needs a little revamp. It is a, it's the show I rewatch most. I love to rewatch from seasons five and up. Five to 11 to me are like chef's kiss delish, but I also really, really love seasons three and four. Seasons one and two, I mean, they were so early on in the like housewives world that it, it's just a different show. But then it gets really good in season three. How am I feeling about Austin after the finale? Like I said, I don't call it the roller coaster for nothing. I think he is just the ultimate fuck boy who's tall and has, you know, floppy hair. He, you know, like it's just, it is what it is. Fuck Mary Kill, the Kardashians. Okay. This was really hard for me. This was really, really hard. I was going to say fuck Courtney because I think Courtney is so hot. But I don't think Courtney would be like, I think Courtney would be like in her own head a lot. And I don't think she'd be that fun. So I said kill Courtney because I definitely would not want to marry Courtney. I would fuck Chloe because I think Chloe would be like a good time, like super fun, like kind of crazy. And I would marry Kim. Kim? would be like an amazing wife. She is like loyal. She's like, she's just, an, she's a good girl. I just, I love, I love my Kimmy. And someone did ask me what my favorite Kimmy era was. And I have to say, I really, really, really loved the Kanye Kim getting married era. She was so, I mean, she's really one of the most beautiful people on the planet. I don't care what anyone says. That era, like fashion-wise, hair-wise, makeup, like was top tier Kim. Like the layers of the hair, like everything, like, oh, the looks. It was so good. So good. Someone asked me that they need a good white elephant gift and they need, they, they don't want a funny one. Okay. I don't know who this is for. I don't know what the situation is, but my friend Gracie got me addicted to this thing called the makeup eraser. I don't exactly understand the science behind it or like how it works, but it's basically just like a washcloth. You just get it wet, but it removes all of your makeup. Like it's not like a washcloth washcloth where when you wash your face, it like smears everywhere. It like it genuinely takes off your mascara because I have incredibly sensitive skin under my eyes. Dude, it's crazy. It's so thin. <laughs> like It gets so dry. I don't understand it. So I can't really use makeup remover. So I got this makeup eraser and I just love it. So that's what I would get someone. I feel like, you know, it's not a funny one, but it's also not an expensive gift. I feel like it would just, you know, a gift for everyone, a little stocking stuffer. I got a lot of Ruby questions. <laughs> okay. So let me just answer these really quick. I get a lot of, lot of questions about Ruby, which is understandable because she's perfect. 
um, what kind of dog is Ruby. She is a great Pyrenees mix. I'm not sure what exactly she's mixed with. I've been told Australian Shepherd or Husky. Uh, I will be getting a DNA test done on her because I'm so fucking curious. She has started to pick up a lot of like great Pyrenees tendencies, which I find so fascinating, like because they were bred to be protectors and like protect the herd. So when I take her to the dog park, it's so interesting. She will sniff the entire perimeter of the fence before she'll start playing, which is very, I guess, like great Pyrenees tendencies. And the puppy journey is going well. I'm really exhausted. I'm constantly Googling things like, does she like me? My dog with the puddle. What does that mean? Like, what's going to happen to her? I, is she going to die? Like, I, I, I go crazy. Like, I cry a lot because I just want her to be happy and I want her to like love me. <laughs> I don't know how people have children. Like, I am a neurotic mess. But truly, I just want her to love me and be happy and, you know, not pee on the floor. Peeing, the peeing is a fucking free for all in this apartment. You guys don't understand. When she has to poop, sorry, when she has to poop, she kind of signals to me and it's easier to, to notice that when she has to go and she has to pee, she'll take one lick of water and then she'll pee. It's like people are like, oh, when they drink a lot of water, obviously take them out right away. And it's like, I do, but it's like this fucking bitch. Takes one little lick of it and suddenly has to pee. It's like, can we try to hold it? And it's so funny because she'll hold it the whole night, like in her crate. It's so nice. She now lets me sleep through the night. I do get up at like 5.30 or 6 with her every morning to take her out and it's whatever. But yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. How do you know when you're going to start dating again? I got a lot of dating questions. I've talked about this on my Instagram, but I think really like taking time for myself over the summer was really, really helpful. It was so important to me. I've never done that. I've never been... I Okay, let me say this. I think of myself as being someone really independent. But when I really thought about it, I was like, oh my God, I've never been alone. Ever. Like I've always either been talking to someone, casually hanging out with someone. Like there's always been a fucking boy in my phone texting me. And this summer I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, the thought of like speaking to a fucking man made me want to vomit. I, I was like, no, I cannot do this. I will not do this. So I was really trying to take time for myself. And it wasn't even like to try to like find myself or anything. I just wanted a fucking break. Like I just wanted to chill the fuck out. And then I started to become like, more, I mean, even more independent, like where I, I like kind of just being by myself. I like hanging out with Ruby. I'm so busy and I've been really trying to see friends more. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of taking my time getting back out there. I think too, I've taken the pressure completely off. I know this is going to sound really mean, but I feel like I'm less desperate because <laughs> I feel like if before I would like get out of like a relationship or something. And I would immediately like want to start talking to someone again, because I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to be in love. And I, I want that, but it felt desperate to me. And now I'm just like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like if you're not going to talk to me move on, like, I don't care. It's just, I just don't, I don't have the energy to like teach a man how to act. And that's what I said to my mom. I was like, I don't have the energy to do that anymore. Like I come correct every day to a relationship. 
I'm a great girlfriend. I come correct. I have good hygiene. I have a job. I live on my own. I, you know, I take care of my animals. Like I, you know, I dress well. I, I'm a nice person. I'm an engaging person. (laughs) I'm really talking myself up here, but I'm just saying like, I come correct. And there's men out there who literally don't do any of those things. There are men out there that don't brush their teeth. Okay. And I'm just like, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I have to teach a man how to be or like how to like be in a really, I just don't want to ever do that. So I went on a couple dates with this guy and he was a really, really nice guy. I think we had like a lot in common and like I found him very good looking and I, you know, he liked me. But the thing is, is like he, he wasn't a very good communicator and he wasn't very consistent. And I'm just like, okay, then I'm not into this. Like if out of sight, out of mind with me, like if you're not making an effort to like talk to me or see me, like I'm, I'm, my feelings are literally going to dwindle and there's nothing I can do about it. It's just the facts of life. So then he like asked me to grab lunch and I was like, dude, I'm busy today. Like, no, you didn't talk to me for two days. I'm, and I'm not saying you have to like live up my ass, but I'm just saying like make a little effort. Like I, oh, 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 this is just now event sesh. Wow. Okay. Let's just get into dating. Let's just talk about this really quickly. I hate when men act like they are so busy, when they just have no time to do anything. Get the fuck out of here. We are all doing shit. Women are incredible. We have like this amazing ability to like multitask, to compartmentalize, to schedule, to ha- make plans. Like, and men really are out here thinking like they can only do one thing at a time. And I actually dated someone for a long time, three years, actually, three and a half years, many years ago. That was like this. And it drove me nuts. Like if he, he could only do one thing a day. Like if he was like, I'm going to the grocery store, that was it. Like he could not think of like a plan to make after a plan to make before, like what to do. I don't understand this quality in men. They are so singular focused on like just one thing. And it's like, if they have a meeting at three o'clock, it's like, they can't even think about what to eat for dinner. It's absurd. And I just like, don't have the fucking patience for that. Like I'm going to, I'm going to quote Carol Radziwill. She said, on Real Houses of New York City, she was like, I'm holding out for a hero. And it's true. I feel like I am. Like, I'm not going to just like, you know, waste my fucking time going out with idiots. You know, like if I like you and I'm enjoying talking to you, I'll go out with you. I'll have fun. I'll, you know, we'll play it cool. But I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not like, I'm not raising a man here. Okay. Also go to therapy. Every single fucking man needs to go to therapy because that's another thing I don't understand about men. They have a hard time like seeing outside of themselves. And maybe I'm just surrounding myself with the wrong people. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand what they're thinking. And I'm sure that they think the same about women. I really do. But, you know, we're all just out here trying to figure it out. It's crazy. 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this cute little chill episode. Very Zen. I'm Zen Wen over here. And remember, we have new episodes every Tuesday, which are kind of pop culture related or really anything I want to talk about. And every Friday is Bravo Friday. This is a podcast brought to you by The Dip. That's D-I-P-P. So for 20% off at thedip.com, use code H-O-T-M. And again, uh, please leave me a nice review, rate and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. Check out the another, another amazing podcast brought to you by The Dip. There's TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast just had Vicky Gunvalson on. It was a great episode. Exposed is a drag race podcast. I mean, there's literally so many. So just check those out and I will see you guys on the Instagram. Bye. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love. And the harm to you, too. Learn more at undo.org.